Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show on the Kapow Radio Show Network. Hello, folks. It's June 5th, 2017. Woohoo! And today we're continuing in our study of Enoch. This is the eighth show. And this is the prophetic message of Enoch, the prophetic message to all of us. From the seventh from Adam, Enoch. This is cool. I like it. Yep. Yep. So, without further ado, let's just get into it. Okay. Okay? Okay, we're going to start with chapter 91. And remember, Enoch is the seventh from Adam, and he's talking to his son, Methuselah. 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 And Methuselah would be the grandfather of Noah. So we're pre-flood at this point, but his prophetic message goes beyond the flood and to us. And he says some pretty uh, enlightening things about the days in which we live. And I'm going to break all that down to you. And you're going to see like we're on the precipice. I'm not kidding you. All right. Everybody like Bible prophecy? Raise your hand. Hello, this is it. Chapter 91, verse 1. I shall begin. And Miss Kapow, you pop in. Oh, uh, I'll be popping in. Per Jared. verse or whatever and say what you've got to say. All right. And now, my son Methuselah, call your brothers, for I am anointed to speak a prophetic message to you. Methuselah quickly gathered his relatives. Verse 3, I spoke about how they should live right. Hear, my children, listen attentively. Love upright living, walk in it. And Micah 6, 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Perfect. Verse 4, do not be double-minded and do not associate with those who are hypocritical, but live a consistently upright life. Let righteousness be your constant companion. And James uh, 1, 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then uh, James 1, 5 through 6 says, if you lack any wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And then um, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, for evil communications corrupt good manners. And Titus 3.10 says, A man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject Ephesians 5:11 says and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them and then the last one is Proverbs 24:21 that says my son fear thou the lord and the king and meddle not with them that are given to change amen double mindedness 
And you can see here that Enoch is telling his son, and he gathered all the brothers, all the relatives around, and he starts off his prophetic message that he says, I'm anointed to speak to you. And he starts it off saying, don't be double-minded, live upright, show attention to that, you know, love upright living. And um, that's how he starts it off, because really, we all need to love upright living, not just, you know, recognize it, but actually love to live that way. Mm-hmm. If, that's loving the truth now, isn't it? It is. It's loving the truth and not not the lie, not the error. Mm-hmm. If one wants to be upright, you can't you can't do that by trying to do what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. One needs to see the value of upright living and love those things. You know, some people love sin, some people love pleasures of, of the of the world. And it's a battle to do the upright thing. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for them to do the sinful thing. You know what I'm saying? But you have to love the upright living. That's right. I, you know, I'm telling you, and I've said this before, and I honestly mean this. Even if heaven was never promised and eternal life was never promised, everything was for down here. And then at the end, you just became fish food. I would still live this way because it provides such balance and consistency and peace and peace in a world of turmoil Mm -hmm. to live seeking a relationship with God. So even if there wasn't eternal um, joy and life associated with it, I would choose this if I possibly could, because it gives you, um, yeah, like Ms. Kapow says, peace and just a greater um, stability in Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a greater confidence that somebody else has your back, right. you know, um, like you said, double-mindedness, you know, living is also opposite, you know, double-minded living is, is opposite of God's ways. Mm-hmm. And God has known since the very beginning, what his whole plan is. He's worked everything out towards the ultimate goal of salvation of mankind, restoring us to him. So if, if we can get like focused on a God relationship goal and not be double-minded, just focused on God, just single focused on, you know what? I'm going to get my life totally squared away in God. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, I, I, I'm submitting 100% to him and doing that. No matter how much things hurt dropping off of my life and dropping off of my behaviors and my thoughts, you know, and, and I have to be retrained. If you can do that, then it's easy to do the right thing. Oh, yes. But when you associate with hypocritical people, um, it could devastate you. Hanging around the world, hanging around hypocritical Christians or a false religion, mm-hmm. it 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 can it'll, it'll devastate you. Right, and then uh, the double mindedness also means being two spirited. So you have like two minds, which I thought is interesting. That and that's is. why we have you know we have to renew our mind constantly so that our mind and our thinking will become one with Christ. And I think that's the key you hit right there. Become one with Christ. You you just have to really say unity of thought. Yeah. And you have to become smaller while he becomes greater mm-hmm. in your life. You know, I was thinking the other day about idolatry, you know, the different things um, that people set up in their lives as idol worship. But one of the biggest things that we we have all set up is our own life. Nobody wants to die and give up their life. 
Nobody wants to give up anything here. And that becomes the big idol, your own life. And Jesus says, if you want to get life, you have to give up your life to get it. And those who get life down here don't get life up there eternally. And it's one of the biggest obstacles to overcome is letting go of your own self-control on that and releasing and submitting to God your Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and not being double-minded. Okay. Verse 5. Evil and ungodliness will continue, but a great punishment will come on this earth. Sin will be cut off and perish. Enoch here is referring to the flood. Remember, he's talking to his son, Methuselah, who was Noah's grandfather. And, uh, or is it his great-grandfather? Methuselah, Lamech. Oh, yeah, Lamech and then Noah, right? Mm -hmm. So his grandfather. So he's talking to them, so the flood hasn't occurred yet. But he's, he's warning them. He says, evil and ungodliness will continue. Because in the days of Jared, right, that's Enoch's father. In the days of Jared, that's when the sons of God decided to leave their first estate, their first commandment, and then go into the daughters of men and create these evil hybrid creatures who then disembodied become our demons with the sole purpose of destroying mankind and deceiving mankind. And we've been in that situation and we will be in that situation until the consummation of the age until judgment day. They run around with impunity uh, into that point. So Enoch is talking about evil and ungodliness will continue. So it's already there in his time. And he says, but a great punishment, that's the flood will come on this earth. Sin will be cut off and perish And that would be nice if we can just stop right there and leave it there. But verse six goes on and it says, but sin will again arise after that judgment. Mm -hmm. That's post flood sin. And that brings, that brings it up to us in our day because it has been increasing since that time over and over upon itself until it fills up. And God finally pulls the plug on all of this. Mm-hmm. And in verse seven, he says, and I want you to think about these words here because I want you to think about what's going on around you today in this world. When I read these words to you and then you ask yourself, does any of this apply? Because if it does apply, that means we're living on the last days on earth. So Noah just gets done. I mean, I'm sorry. Enoch just gets done saying, but sin again will arise after that judgment. And in verse seven, he says, when sin, ungodliness, uncleanness, blasphemy, apostasy, and evil deeds increase again, a great punishment will come from heaven on them. The Holy Lord will come in anger and wrath with judgment. And see, that goes along with 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, where it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and without natural affection, truth breakers, 
false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, and from such turn away. So once again, we have a scripture here that says not to um, have companionship with these kind of people. Yes. And you, you go down that list, and you read that list, and you look around and go, does that apply to today, or has that not yet happened? No, it applies. You know, can we look around today and go, well, there's not a whole lot of sin. Um, how about ungodliness? Is there ungodliness? How about uncleanness? Oh, my gosh. Everything is so filthy. Everything. Everything is so filthy. You just get on the Internet just to read news or whatever, and all these pictures and junk, you know, Kate Middleton in a bikini showing her, you know, boobies on the beach or whatever. You know, it's always this half-naked celebrity, you know, we just happen to take a picture of them, you know, and it's just filthy. It's uncleanness. Blasphemy. Uh, we've seen blasphemy. Yes. How about apostasy? Mm-hmm. You, you, can you find a good church? No. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they're apostate. Modern Christianity is apostate. And evil deeds, they're all over the place. And with these increase again, you know what Enoch says, a great punishment will come from heaven. That's where it's coming from, from heaven. The Holy Lord will come in anger and wrath with judgment. And verse 80 says, again, wrongdoing shall perish from the earth. So it's just like the days of Noah, like Jesus says. It'll be like the days of Noah, same thing with the coming of the Son of Man. And... Psalm 1, 6 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And 92, 9 says, For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Amen. It goes right with that. That's very Enochian. Because it's written, it's, it's, the, it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to see here is that evil increases. And then there's going to be a punishment from heaven. So when you look around and you see all this evil and it's increasing and you're going, I don't know how worse, how much worse it can get. I mean, honestly, I look around today, I read the news today and I say to myself, I think the Lord should have come in judgment yesterday. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how bad it is. I think he should have come in judgment yesterday. So he says the days will be cut short or else. Even the very elect wouldn't even make it. Um, it's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's bad out there, folks. I mean, the world is screwed. They're in for great judgment. And I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I just feel and I really feel in my spirit. It's right around the corner. I really do. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to see here is that evil increasing. You're going to see punishment from heaven. What that means, I don't know. You, you know, I always think the sky's going to fall because of other visions and stuff that Enoch had. You know, I think, you know, asteroids, I mean, I don't know, but like, but the sky falls punishment from heaven. Um, and then the third thing is that sinners, what you'll notice as I keep reading, you'll notice that sinners are removed from the earth, just like the wheat and tares, the tares mm-hmm. are removed first. You'll see that sinners are removed and then the righteous will have been resurrected. You'll see a rapture in here, a resurrection rapture. And then the roots of sin are killed by a sword. So that could be physical war here on earth. It could be spiritual war up in heaven. But there's a war. Granted, whether it's physical, 
here, um, like in the days of Noah, a sword was given to the giants, to the sons of the watchers to make war on each other and kill each other. Right. Um, Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, like in the days of Noah, uh, so will be the coming of the son of man. So the same thing could be happening. It could be physical war. We could be looking at, you know, North Korea or Iran or whatever, or not. Maybe it's just war in heaven, not just war in heaven. That would be the ultimate war that does affect the cosmology of this earth. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. These are things you look through a glass darkly until they happen. Mm -hmm. But we do know that it's going to be war. It's going to be a sword. Right. We know that. And you were talking earlier about the idols of the people that should be forsaken, the large buildings and and sinners shall be removed from the earth and put into a judgment of eternal fire. Well, in June one, Jude one seven, it says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth as an example, mm-hmm. suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And then um, you had mentioned that the righteous or in the book of Enoch 91.10, it says the righteous will have been resurrected and they will be wise. And if we go to, um, let's see, John 5. Let me see, do I have that up here? Yes, five. John 5, 28, 29. And it says, marvel not at this. This is what Jesus is saying. For the hour is coming in the which all that are engraved shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And then uh, John eleven twenty five says, And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Uh, shall never die. Believest thou this? And those verses that you read, I'm going to read it uh, to the people because I had talked about it, but I'm going to read from Enoch. It's uh, 91 verse 9. And it says, The idols of people shall be forsaken. Their large buildings shall burn, and sinners shall be removed from the earth and mm-hmm. be put into a judgment of eternal fire. And those are the scriptures you read to to verify that. And then in verse 10, The righteous will have been resurrected, and they will be wise. Do you see the the pattern here? Mm -hmm. And then verse 11 says, the roots of sin will be pulled out. It's just like the wheat and tares. When the, in the parable, the workers say, do you want us to remove the tares? And and Jesus says in the parable, uh, no, if you remove the tares, at least you damage the wheat with it. And, but now at this point, the roots of sin will be pulled out. Sinners, blasphemers, and those who plan evil will be killed by the sword. Mm. You know, um, Psalm 52, I'm going to read that because that okay. sounds very much like that. Um, why boastest thou, thy, thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Thy tongue devises mischief like a raz- sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou love for evil more than good and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Mm-hmm. Thou love all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. 
But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. Amen. Amen. So what we've learned so far is that this describes the last days and the times of the second coming of Jesus. You know, when sin, ungodliness, uncleanness, blasphemy, apostasy, evil deeds increase abundantly again, just like in the days of Noah before the flood, and then a great punishment comes from heaven. So it describes these last days. Enoch is talking to his son. He says there's going to become it is going to come a judgment on the earth. Uh, that was the flood that would get rid of all that evil. And then he says again, it'll happen again that again, sin will be removed from the earth a second time and a final time. So the flood removed rebels and sinners, but sin did return. But someday without a flood of water, but in judgment and with the return of Jesus, the world will see that sin will again be removed forever for all eternity. Because the difference is the first time it was water. The second time we have our Lord Jesus who did his atoning work on the cross, his miracle of, of resurrection being the first fruits and then setting us free. Amen. Amen. And you're going to see the judgments of the tribulation will include this wrath, this tribulation, this judgment, this wrath will include seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders and seven vials. And then Enoch begins to reveal things about these and other prophets speak more about these things, specifically John in the book of Revelation, completing the revelation of these things, the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, and seven vials that you've all read about in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation and the book of Enoch uh, go hand in hand. Do they not? Mm -hmm. They do. Let's take a, a short commercial break, and then we'll be back, and then we'll continue with the prophecy and we'll wrap it up demons in my marriage bed a true story of spiritual warfare written by paul and linda villanueva and i highly recommend it to all kingdom against powers of wickedness radio listeners this book is about saving your marriage from destruction it is a true and vivid account about adultery witchcraft curses spells and evil spirits all attempting to dismantle and annihilate lives this is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you ultimately the book glorifies the transformational power of god through submission to the lord jesus christ and that is a good thing welcome to the remnant resistance welcome to welcome the Resisting and fighting the enemies of God. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. Visit fifthhookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Keep up the good fight. We are glad you joined the resistance. Welcome back. Well, 
Okay, we're back. We're back, Miss Brand. Okay, let's start with chapter 92, verse 1. 92, okay, let me get that one. And we'll, con- we'll complete um, okay. the prophecy of Enoch, the prophetic message of Enoch, I should say. All right. Verse down. 1 says, this complete teaching of wisdom has been written by Enoch. He says it right there. Mm-hmm. This teaching of wisdom has been written by Enoch. But you know what? The scholars don't believe that. They go through great lengths to try to date the book to the Second Temple period by some unknown guy. But, and because of their disbelief, they spend all their time scrambling around trying to figure stuff out intellectually in this book instead of seeing the plain teaching in it, mm-hmm. the beautiful prophecies in it, and how it outlines the whole history of mankind all the way to the end days. Mm-hmm. And by their own work, this is amazing, by their own research and scholarly work, they they realize that the New Testament writers, including all of the Gospels, all the Synoptic Gospels and John, including um, guys like Jude and Peter, wrote knowing full well that those writers were very familiar with Enoch and these parables. And even Paul, even though he never uses the term son of man, uses the terms elect or anointed one and things like that. And it's clear through his writings, especially in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians and First Corinthians, when he's talking about the uh, parousia, mm-hmm. when he's talking about that, it's clear that he's very familiar with the Enochian traditions and the parables written in this book. And then, of course, Revelation, you can't deny that Revelation and Enoch, along with Daniel 7, go hand in hand. And not only the New Testament writers, but the early church fathers right. um, wrote about this. And so their very own research shows this, and they admit this, and they talk about this, but yet they can't see that these are inspired words of God. And they can't believe that these things are actually true, because they don't believe it's actually written by Enoch. That's that's sad to me because they're blinded mm-hmm. by their own worldly wisdom and they can't see the beauty of these words. Yeah, and basically they've rejected wisdom. And Ecclesiastes 7.12 says, For wisdom is a defense and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to them that have it. Mm. And it does because wisdom does give that life because if you have that and you can see these things, that's what I was talking about earlier. It, your your whole stay here on this prison planet is so much better. But without it, you're just scrambling around. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to, to recap, this complete teaching of wisdom has been written by Enoch, the scribe. This writing is blessed by men and by the judge of all. I write it for my sons and for those, that's you and I, who dwell in the last days, who are upright. Mm-hmm. You get it? It's not just it's not written for everybody who dwells in the last days. It's only written for those who dwell in the last days who are upright. We're the only ones who are going to understand this. We're the only ones who are going to believe this report. Right. It's like Isaiah says in Isaiah, who's going to believe our report? Who's going to believe us? These things that we preach and teach. It's prophecy. Mm-hmm. And it's written for you who are upright, 
following God in an upright way. This is for you. And it is written by Enoch the seventh from Adam. And it's blessed by men and it's blessed by the judge of all. And that's our God. Mm-hmm. In verse two, he says, let not your spirit. That's he's talking to you and me also. And so I speak to you as a Kapow listener. You're listening to this podcast I'm speaking to you also where it says, let not your spirit be sad because of the times for the Holy great one has all the times planned. So, so just when we think it's hopeless and we start looking around and we're looking at the politics and the lies and the evil and the NSA and the CIA and the spying and the, you know, just the media and lie after lie and deceit after deceit. You know, now you're worried about robots and you've listened to Freedom Friday and I freaked you all out for the week. That's right. And the word of God, even Jesus says, don't be afraid because even the very heads of your the hairs of your head are numbered, you know. And then he also said that um, that it's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So don't be afraid of these times. Because you're righteous and upright in him. You're walking at like in the beginning of this prophecy, like I read you, you know, he says, live upright, mm-hmm. you know, eschew all that other stuff and live in uprightness, seek to live, you know, pure and upright and you'll be okay. Right. You know, you'll be okay in Christ. You really will. Um, because the, the Holy great one, has all the times planned. Right. Oh, and Hebrews 10, 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and mm. will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any ba- man draw back, my sh- soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Well, and what does that mean, you know, to draw back? Well, you're not enduring. You're, you're going back. You're, yeah. You're, you've stopped walking in faith. It's you've, not once saved, always saved, or a little prayer, and then you're good to go. You've gone the way of unbelief. Yes, you've gone the way of, you might have been saved, you might have known the way of Christ, but then that sun came up and it burned that seed that was on stony ground and you became an unbeliever, you know, unfaithful. We talked about faithfulness and being unfaithful, um, you know, last Monday when we were talking about these scholars. So it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's really important to hang on to your faith and hang on to what you know is right. So let me continue. In 92, verse 3, it says, The man that is upright has this to look forward to. He will be resurrected and walk eternally in righteousness, goodness, and mercy. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's written in an ancient book. First Enoch. That verse is written in an ancient book, folks. Mm Mm-hmm. That this is what the upright has to look forward to, that they will be resurrected and walk eternally. 
Proverbs 16.6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Ephesians 5.9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Isaiah 16.5 says, And in mercy shall the throne be established, and he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. Amen. Amen. And at verse 4, it says, The Lord will show mercy to the upright and give him power, goodness, righteousness, and eternal light. Amen. And the final verse, 92 verse 5, says, Sin will someday be destroyed and never seen again. Yep, because in John, 1 John 3, 8, it says that he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And that's the prophetic message. That's what, that's what we hold on to. That's our, you know, the Bible is, it's interpreted our hope. Mm-hmm. But it's, I like to say it's our expectation. We expect it. It's not a hope like in the English sense, well, I, I hope that happens. Uh, that's doubt. It's, it's our hope in the sense that that's our expectation. We're expecting that to happen. Now, Enoch, this ancient book, he predicted or prophesied, I should say, by the word of the Lord, the first judgment to the T. To the T. Yep. He knew what happened. He knew the angels came down. He knew they made it with the daughters of men. He knew that all manner of evil uh, was taught to humankind through the watchers who left their first estate. They were supposed to be guiding humanity. Instead, they wanted to become us. They wanted to become little, you know, gods themselves and procreate their own sons. They weren't meant to procreate. They were already eternal beings. They were already in the heavens. So they left that first estate, just like Jude and Peter says, and Enoch. And so Enoch sees all of this, and he predicts great evil is going to increase, increase, until a great judgment upon the earth comes, and all sins wiped out. And then it's going to start again. He predicted that to the T, or prophesied that to the T, so there's no doubt that the rest that we're reading about the future is going to happen to the T, that Mm -hmm. it's correct prophecy. From the words of God. And so I just want to, I just want to end and, and leave everybody with, with that, that don't be sad and don't be fearful. You'll look around. That's why, you know, we do freedom Friday. We're at the point where we just mock all this stuff because it's just so laughable and you know where you're at, you know, in the, in the last days by such evil and, satanic takeover of the human genome. Mm-hmm. We talk about that every week, but don't get all crazy about it. Just stay the course. Keep your hand on the plow and stay the course. Don't look back and don't take your hands off the plow and go wandering off. Now's not the time to do that. Amen. We don't have a lot of time. Revelation one eight says, I am alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Revelations twenty two twelve thirteen says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his works shall be. 
And 1 Corinthians 15:52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And that is our expectation. We expect that to happen. That will happen. It's going to happen. That's a fact. That's a fact. God's, our prophecy is God's reality. Mm-hmm. He already has it. It's all laid out. He's God. There's no time with him. He knows all of this. He's provided for our redemption. He's provided a way out of the mess that these fallen ones got humanity into. All right. Amen. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Well, give everybody a shout out and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, babies.
than any power Your power makes eternity Time and space are at the tip of your tongue Time and space are at the tip of your tongue 